Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you, thank you, thank you, live studio audience. Hello, everyone. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. And I'm going to be up front, fellow basement dwellers, today. We're going to talk some of our usual stuff, that, like we always do. Hit some topics, kind of put the bow on a couple of stories that, that have gone on and it's something that I'm particularly excited about that, uh, that is hitting Apple plus TV in the very near future. But a good bulk of this show is going to be talking about the events of this past week. And so probably a little bit more of a somber tone than what you're used to out of your, your friends on the bandwagon, but I don't feel like we can ignore the week that was. And myself personally, I don't, I know I can't ignore the week that was. And so I wanted to talk about it. And I asked the group um, before we, I asked the other nerds before we jumped on the bandwagon this week, if that was an okay topic and and fine for everybody to chat about. Hearing one acquiescence and and a couple non-responses, I just assumed that it was fine and that we were good to go. And and so we're going to run with it. But before we do that, uh, it's my duty to remind you that Bandwagon Nerds is a part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. We are joined, as always, by the full contingent of the Bandwagon today. We've got the live studio audience, PC Tunney, the lawyer himself, David Ungar, and the Reverend Ray Cash, a distracted Reverend Ray Cash. And I'm going to let you just tell the audience now. Just own it for the audience so that we can get this out of the way. Because we record on Sundays. Everybody knows this. Yes. So first and foremost, uh, good to see you guys. Um, Welcome back. I apologize. Thank you. Uh, Last week I had a legitimate uh, excuse. I had to do daddy duties. This week, the Ravens are on right now in a playoff game with major uh, implications. And so... uh, if you guys are all used to the American workforce, I already used my call in. So I have to be here this week. It's the fucking first month of the year. So if you don't hear from me, I got to talk to the audience. Listen to you. Give it to me. Oh, but yeah, if I go quiet for a while, I'm a little busy. 
the studio audience is we do have to acknowledge yeah we were trying to work this out a little bit before the the show we do also recognize ray and i were talking about this there are some internet challenges uh we're, we're doing what we can uh and ray ray's he's gonna be he's gonna be all wrapped up all you need to know is you're probably gonna hear some let's goes you're gonna hear some oh no's uh, you're gonna well, well I'm keeping, I'm keeping my mic muted the entire time until I talk. So you're good. Don't Wait. worry about it. All right. Cassius Ono so, is on the show. Is that what you're saying? Cassius Ono is on the show. <laughs> very, very true. Very good. That voice was Dave, David Ungar himself. How are you doing, Dave? Welcome I, uh, back to the big. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm doing, doing pretty well, man. And feeling, feeling good about uh, the future of my football team, even though they came up short yesterday. That was a spirited effort by the Washington football team. And the first time this year, I've actually been proud of those guys with everything that went wrong with that franchise this year. But they balled last night and that I would say the future looks pretty, pretty good for them moving forward. Would you say Tyler Taylor Heineke is your starting quarterback right now for the beginning of next year? I would say he deserves the shot to compete for the starting quarterback job. Absolutely. I'm saying saying right now that that would be like, if you guys won that game, he was starting next week, regardless of whether or not he's feeling better. You know, he, uh, he brings something to the table that Alex can't right now, which is mobility and uh, a right and a left leg. You mean not just two legs. Right. I mean, I would still think Alex is, is probably Alex could probably have made a few more plays. Than, than Heineke did, but he sure as hell couldn't have run for that touchdown. And he gave, he gave him a chance to win. And, and, and nobody really thought, I mean, if you told me, Hey, we're going to score 23 points against Tampa, I would have felt pretty good about that with the defense, but the defense gave up too many big plays to Brady. And, and I, I think, I think Heineke deserves a shot to compete for the starting job. Sure. Uh, you know, they need, they need some more, they need some more talent at the skill positions they need another somebody other than McLaurin Sims is good but he drops too many passes uh if they get Kenny Galladay in free agency now you're talking anything, anything else Tuddy, Tuddy's like I'm just glad we don't have to play that defense so fuck it that, <laughs> we, we play in the Rams now what do you mean oh yeah <laughs> congratulations or or the, or the Bears we're playing the Rams next week, or we're playing the Buccaneers in two weeks. Either way. No, you're, nobody's playing the Bears next week, Dave. Nobody's could, playing the Bears next week. That'd be great. Would you guys want to come right back up for another buck kicking? I mean, it's going to be even worse than the last time. Always, <laughs> I'm not even afraid to say it. I'm not even afraid to say it. If you guys beat the Saints, it's going to be so fucking bad, we might put up 100 on your ass. And you should. This isn't a playoff team, man. Just get to the show. It's not any fun when you don't talk back. My team's not competitive. Whatever, whatever. You're not any fun. You're not any fun. Do your bandwagon nerd show. Ray's already already bailed on us, guys. Ray's walking out. Now, here's the thing about that. I actually want the Bears to win just so that when they lose to the Packers the following week, we would then be a 500-football team. <laughs> Instead, we're going to be eight and nine after this is all done, and that's fine. What's pissing me off is that because we got the backed into the final playoff spot because of a weird, goofy COVID related expanded season, the Chicago Bears are now going to do something stupid and retain their general manager. They're going to retain Matt Nagy. They're going to stick with the stupid Mitchell Trubitsky quarterback insanity. And we're just gonna roll. We're gonna run it back next year, and we're gonna be crappy to mediocre 
at best because this team is the definition of dysfunction, should not be in the playoffs. They're a fraud team. I've said it since day one, week two on the three-man weave, in fact. So I I am standing by. This is a team, like, I picked against the Bears. They're not even going to come close to covering the spread. Today's going to get ugly, in my opinion. Yeah. You heard it here first. But, but. It's going to be a close. I, the. The Saints are classic underachievers in the playoffs lately. When the when the Rams won yesterday, I was like, "Oh, well, now they want Aaron versus Brady in Lambeau Field. Brady gets a conference championship in Lambeau Field." So the stage is all set for that. The stage is all set for the Buccaneers to go back home, beat the Rams, Bears pull off this upset. Breeze is old; he retires. Mitch Trubisky, the the Chicago kid, you know, you, you got you got him for like the next ten years, Patrick. It's great. It's all good in Chicago. Mitch is town, baby. Yes, Mitch. I I need ten years of a dude throwing five yard fucking passes all day because he can't throw the ball downfield. Jack Cutler, he's like the fair, best Packers quarterback ever. <laughs> and to be fair, you've had like fifty years of like a quarterback throwing five yard passes. Yeah, Jim McMahon so, yeah, wasn't exactly known for his arm. What is, Sid what is Sid Luckman doing? What is he, is he doing? Busy. He's dead, is he? Yes, he is definitely dead. And he's still better under center than everybody else you could possibly imagine that's played for the Bears. That's true. Sid Luckman is a legend. So, yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's terrible. And frankly, there's there's no hope in sight. I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace the losers. I've just given up trying to trash talk the fucking Packers. Cause maybe, maybe, maybe Cordero Patterson could play quarterback to the family year. of I mean, Sid Luckman. Probably. The views of PC Tunney do not necessarily reflect the opinions of bandwagoners oh, oh, or the chair But they, they probably reflect the views of Sid Luckman's family. They probably <laughs> think Sid could go out of the fucking grave and play better than these Jamokes. Wow. I mean, come on now. Even the studio audience agrees. Jesus. Like, how can you how can you argue that? They're, they're right there with you, man. So maybe this is the kind of angle I need to take on three man weave or cheer shot radio on Monday and Friday morning. I don't know. Maybe you guys maybe you guys just sparked a little something. For that, I say cheers and thank you very much. All right. Speaking of chair shot radio, that is running really, really well. Congratulations there, sir. Hey, congratulations uh, to all of you guys. Like, fuck, I haven't had to worry or fret or do anything extra. So cheers, man. It's a pleasure. I think the true joy for me has been um, how many different ways I can screw up recording audio. Uh, as this week, I muted myself while running the ads. <laughs> so, oops. I, but you really, never know. I really enjoyed. I've enjoyed a lot. Almost. I, I let's put it this way. I've enjoyed all the episodes, some more than others. But I really enjoyed you guys' banter um, today. I should say, or yesterday, considering the yeah, things. Yes. Drop. So, you know, I even dropped a little something in our private chat there. That was pretty <laughs> right. And then I really enjoyed if you're a podcast and you're listening to other podcasts, the, the talk you guys had about being audio snobs. I mean, that that was that's right. something that if you're listening to that and you have actually been on or do a podcast, which is a lot of the people that listen to podcasts. You're like, yeah, it's it's not that hard to take 15, 20 minutes to figure it out and do it right. So well, you, I'll go back to my no, uh, you, less yeah. audio a role here in the podcast but you know, i just really no you know as well as i do tony that there's a lot of podcasts which just like what the hell are you guys thinking with your audio quality it it matters right. so right, right. And, and like professional run like iHeartRadio radio podcasts that i've heard that it's like this person's in a basement with nothing dampening their sound 
as, as opposed to, you know, someone like myself who's in a basement with nothing dampening his sound. But I got a, at least a decent microphone. So, all right. Only three topics today. Maybe a relatively short show. I, I do. I, I joke about my Bears. I'm still going to watch them. I'm still going to watch them lose. I want to get this recording done in time to watch my Chicago Bears lose to the New Orleans Saints. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, that's, that's just how it's going to be. I'm a super fan uh, when it comes to, to my Bears. Plus, University of Illinois has got some basketball tonight. We're, we're playing Maryland. Uh, I just enjoy it. You know, got them, got them at home, liking where these teams are going. The Big Ten is awesome this year. Dave, I hate to break this. I hate to break this to you. There will be there will be a chair shot radio where we uh, we discuss uh, college basketball. Probably just me talking to you about college basketball and you why, nodding. Why are you? <laughs> I like college basketball too, Pat. Go Terps. Sorry, you? sorry. Got to say, go Terps, man. Oh, they're trash this year. They're terrible. They are they're they're, terrible this they, year. Beat man, us. They lost a ton. Yeah, that's that's the aberration. Like every every Big Ten top contender right now, except for Michigan, has has had an aberration game that they should have won that they lost. I actually said that on Chair Shot Radio, or no, on Three Man Weave. I think we were talking about teams and how good they are, and how even a team that's in a good conference that's going to finish one, two, or three is going to lose to a team that's in the bottom half of the conference just because it's conference games. You look at football and things of that nature. That's kind of what makes it interesting. A lot of the rematches this weekend and the division matchups. So all my basketball yeah. teams are trash. Georgetown sucks. The Wizards are a goddamn joke. They lost their center for George, Georgetown season. hasn't been good since John Thompson. Had, man. I'm sorry, but yet you're wearing the hat of a baseball World Series champion, and you also have a hat of a Stanley Cup champion hockey team. So things haven't been that bad. In recent years, in recent years is that. Wow. There you go. That's wow. what we're talking about. That's one of those podcasts we were talking about before. One of the bad audio quality <laughs> bad podcasts. podcasts. Sorry, Ray. I love you. Ray, Ray you is doing, do. Ray's doing it. Bless your heart, man. Yes, I'm, a, okay. I'm aware my team's won a couple titles. But yes, be sure to listen to these chair shot radios. They're little half hour snippets. Great for the commute to work if you've got a short commute. They drop every morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. Different hosts. It's a rotating cast of characters. All four members of the bandwagon have at least one episode of Chair Shot Radio that drops. Dave and I drop on Sunday. Tony, I you have two days. And Ray, you have like, was it Wednesday, Thursday? Somewhere in there? Mondays. Monday. Tony, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are Greg DeMarco. Thursdays are right. Ray Cash and Podfather Mags. Fridays right. you're Tony again. Saturdays, you got Platt and the Balazs, and then Sundays, you have Patrick O'Dowd and Dave Ungar, with a bunch of others contributing, um, first and foremost, is Rob, Big Rob B, taking a, taking a jaunt into podcasting, so give him a listen, give him a little uh, judge on a curve, he's just getting going there, so there we go. Cool. Platt and the Balazs, sounds like a folk, folk music band. Oh, Thank I mean, the best, part, the best part of their show on Saturday was the beginning when Platt and Belaz were just ripping on each other like they do when we first start our call on PIW. So I can't wait until we get some Andrew and AJ brother arguing. That, like, to me is the most awesomest thing that's going to come from Chair Shot Radio here in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. Excellent. And now we know. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. With a little bit of booing there at the on the on the back end. So, all right, let's get to this. We have covered this story on Bandwagon Nerds over the last few months. Uh, ever since word came out from Ray Fisher, for, for those of you who remember, Ray Fisher 
uh, actor that played Cyborg in the Justice League started under the direction of Zack Snyder, concluded under the direction of Joss Whedon when Zack Snyder encountered some personal issues, personal problems with his family, uh, loss of some sort. It was pretty heavy and required him to step away. Joss Whedon took over the direction of this film. This film was not very well received, was not well reviewed. And, and a little way down the line, post-release of Justice League, Ray Fisher basically talked about and has alleged various there's just allegations of some form of abuse he hasn't really gotten gone into details in regard to what joss whedon's treatment of ray on the set of the justice league now this story at the time, the last time that I think we talked about it, it really was just sort of what are the implications, what does it means. We still haven't heard word one from Joss Whedon. Warner Brothers said that they would launch an investigation. They announced the result of their investigation with some sort of level of like internal resolution that people would be held accountable within within the company itself. And Ray Fisher basically said that that wasn't good enough. And where we come with this is a couple weeks ago now, Ray Ray said that he wasn't going to work with Warner Brothers any longer so long as Walter Hamada was in charge of, of Warner Brothers. What's interesting about this is that Hamada wasn't even a part of the Warner Brothers company at the time of the filming of Justice League. He came on later. This was followed up with news that just dropped from uh, the source that I got it from was from the rap that Ray Fisher's cyborg is written out, has been written out of the screenplay for the flash. And a couple of days ago, Warner brothers basically just said that they want to move on after this justice league probe. And so I opened this up with just thoughts about this news story is this thing done? Does this kind of put it to bed? Or, or are we still in for for more nonsense, I guess? Is there still more story here? Dave, why don't we start with you? I would hope. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's the best answer I can give you. At this point, you've got... You've got allegations on on both sides, or well, I, I don't even know if you've got allegations on the on the side of going against Ray, but you know, Joss, you made the mention that Joss hasn't said anything. He's not going to, you know, why why no, would he not. why would he even address this stuff at this point in time? You know, it it is what it is. Uh, you know, the stuff with Walt, with Hamada as to why Ray doesn't want to do anything with him, even though he wasn't involved in any of this stuff, is curious to say the least. But there must be some backstory there that that I think we might hear more about that um, from the from the standpoint of him cyborg being written out of the Flash movie. You know, I I don't know. You know, no one, none of us saw, saw scripts. So we don't know how integral to that story cyborg was going to be. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm trying to think back to Flashpoint as to whether cyborg was a key part of that. I don't think he was. Um, go ahead, PC. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I think you're right. I think you're right there. So, from the standpoint of Cyborg being written out of uh, out of DC stuff for now, it's probably not fatal. You know, it doesn't address the fact as to whether there's some systemic racism 
um, going on at Warner Brothers, whether there's there's a, a, a culture of hostile work environment. It, none of this stuff addresses that. I don't think we're done with the story, Pat. I, th- I think we're going to hear some more things about it trickling out a little bit at a time. But, you know, from Warner's standpoint, they're, they're like, look, we got to move on. You know, we got we got we're just a couple of months away from Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out. We know Cyborg's going to be a big part of that. Um, you know, so I don't, so probably around the time that comes out, you're going to hear more about it. Cause I don't know how you have him in one of your tentpole franchises for HBO max and, and then just completely ignore the fact that he's written out of everything going fo- forward. So, uh, it's, it does. I think I know Ray and I talked in the chat about the opportunities for, you know, do they, do they kind of go in and get Martian Manhunter more involved at this point in time and to replace that, um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't think we've heard the last of it, but it may kind of get quiet for a little while. And probably around the time March rolls around where Justice League comes on, it might pick back up. That's the best I got for you. Ray, what about you? Right. Uh, right. And again, I apologize for my audio. If it's bad again. But uh, I'm, I'm, it's not over. And it's not over because Ray Fisher doesn't want it to be over. And I think that's the one connective device through all of this is Ray Fisher is just refusing to be happy with whatever he's given and justified or not. He is pursuing this to the fullest degree. At first it was Josh Whedon and then it was the studio. Now it's Amada. He is just not happy. So this thing will not be over. I don't think. And uh, I didn't even think about that uh, Dave, but you're right. This is probably going to pick back up when Justice League drops because, yeah, you can't have that big of a franchise that's going to be that advertised and that much money spent on, and he's that major that part of that major part of that that film, and he's not talked about, or at least the discussion around him and his character and why that character isn't going to continue isn't talked about. So no, this isn't over. I wish it would be because at this point, it's not helping anybody. But uh, yeah, it's not over. Storyline wise, would you guys <clears throat> rather have them write something to reflect this not being around anymore, or would you rather have them just ignore the everything and move forward? Like, here's the new Becky on Roseanne. Don't pay attention to the old Becky. Uh, we're just going to make a new character as important in this plot as we did the character we're no longer using. Well, they've already done that. They they they've already done that with the with the introduction of the multiverse, so that ultimately no movie ultimately matters because you can just say the next movie is in the next universe. True. And, True. and what's been specifically? What I'm saying is, what would you rather have them do? Specifically talk about this or not at all? That's kind of what the question. I, is. I, I, I'm fine with them recasting the character. the character because I think the character does have value within the justice league, the DC universe. It was, it was a major part, you know, he, what it's challenging because he should, he could have been a much bigger part of the justice league movie, but they really made it about Superman and Superman and wonder woman and Batman. Like they're, they're the core three. It's like, it's like the Avengers, you know, it's iron man and Tony, uh, I'm sorry, iron man and captain America. Like those are your core two. And then everybody sort of surrounds it. They didn't, um, Sorry, who's the guy who played Cyborg in Doom Patrol? Um, what's his last name? Uh, G- Giovanni Wade or something like that? Wade. 
Yeah, Wade. I don't know. I, uh, I know his, his name begins with a J. I'm not sure how to say it, but his last name is Wade. He was excellent. I could see that. I mean, people can transfer back and forth. Sorry, Patrick. I just No, no worries. Allegedly, and this is all, again, this is all grain of salt because Warner Brothers hasn't really commented on it outside to say we, we, we've, we've moved on with this. You know, we've parted, we've parted ways with Joss Whedon. We're moving on. According to Ray Fisher, at least for the Flash movie, Cyborg was written out and they didn't recast it, the character. So I think that I, I think that for the purposes of the Flash, Warner Brothers is trying to make it go away. Does that mean that we're never going to see Star- Cyborg again? No, I don't think so. I think he's too popular of a character. It'd be like if when the Edward Norton stuff broke down over the Hulk, they just never had the Hulk show up in the Marvel Universe again. Like, I just don't think... I think the character is too big of a character for them to go completely. And maybe it is that they bring in Doom Patrol Cyborg. Like like you're suggesting, Tony. Like, maybe that's what they do. Because it's it's there. The character's there. The person who plays them is there. Yeah, well, let's be honest. This and, is not... And- this is not a Chadwick Boseman T'Challa sort of situation by no, a no. long shot. So you can... You can bring in Cyborg with like like Tony. He's got a great suggestion. The guy from Doom Patrol would be excellent for this role. Uh, Ray Fisher is a fine actor, but his performance in Justice League wasn't exactly knocking it out of the park. He probably wasn't given a good opportunity. That thing was written pretty shabbily. We'll see how it that, how it comes out in Zack Snyder's version. But yeah, I mean, Cyborg is is a founding member of the JLA only in the New Fifty Two universe, right, Ray? And before that, you know, like that's why I've always said Martian Manhunter and there's more meat on the bone potentially with Martian Manhunter. Although Ray pointed out to me, I need to go watch Young Justice. And that's something I got to put on my on my wish. You've never watched Young Justice, dude. No, I haven't. I haven't. Even I. okay, even I have watched Young Justice. Well, good. Let that sink in. Good for you, Pat. No, let that sink in. Mr. DC over here. The Make Mine Marvel guy has watched Young Justice. I'm proud of you. I really, really am proud of you. <laughs> Still not going to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths. I know you're Tricky. not, and you should, because it's probably better than Young Justice, but... You know what? That's no. All right, maybe he's only not. punishing himself, Dave. I Dave, know. Dave, he's only punishing I know. himself. You're <laughs> preaching to the choir, PC. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> and, and, and with that, Patrick O'Dowd has driven Tony to go grab another drink. Sorry, Ray, go ahead. No, you're good. I just want to say to your point, Dave, Martian Manhunter's already in the Snyderverse. That's true. He is. Oh well, not we haven't seen him yet, have we? No, no. But it's, yes, we have. Snyder admitted. Do do you want me to spoil it for you, or do you want to just wait? No, no. It? He's coming in in the in the Snyder cut, right? No, he's been in every Snyder movie thus far. He's been in it. Really? You want me to spoil it for you? Please go ahead. There, there's no. This is a spoiler-free show. That's not not it's, actually. It's the general. It's the black general over the army. Who's who's against Superman? Oh, wow. Okay. Now that that would make a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought Ray was going to say it was Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stanley is Uatu, so we know Ray, that. Have have I know I know Dave hasn't seen this, but Ray, have you seen the Teen Titans go to the movies movie? I own it. Yes, I, I my kids love Teen Titans. Yeah. So first of all, I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm like this far away from making Dave do it for the nerd review. Teen Titans go to the movies. Please. Uh, Cause I think you let's would do it. 
All right, done. You will really like this movie. Trust me. It's very but there's a joke at one point. They Stan Lee is Stan Lee makes a cameo in Teen Titans Go to the Movies, and he's just talking about how much he just can't help it. He loves cameos, even after he learns that he's in a DC movie. It's hysterical. There's so I love Teen Titans Go so so much. Like it is clear that the creators of that show are my age. Like they are like, cause you look at all the pop culture stuff that they, that they've referenced. And it's like the Goonies, it's Ghostbusters. It's back to the future. They reference back to the future in the Teen Titans go to the movies thing. Mm-hmm. They, they go back in time in um, big wheels, time machine, big wheels that, that Raven conjures. It's hysterical. Everything about that movie makes me smile. Won't be a five out of five, but it's a, it's a damn fine flick as, as you like to say, Dave. I'm cool with it, man. Any anything that's Teen Titans related and it's got a Stanley cameo in a DC. I mean, that's the thing. Marvel and DC competitors, yes, but it was never like you know, they were never like off limits from each other in a, a lot of ways. Right. Um, final question on this Ray Fisher thing. Actually, I got two. Um, one I'm kind of scared to ask, but one I'm going to ask. The the first one I'm going to ask, and then I'll ask my follow up and incur wrath. Um, Ray Fisher. Does he work in anything major again? Probably. I would think so. Go ahead, Ray. Oh, Oh, you're muted. Ray's muted himself. (laughs) PC, what do you think, Ray? Ray? Do you you think Ray Fisher does anything big time from here on out? I want to hear what Ray has. I want to hear what Ray has podcasting Ray just has to unmute himself and tell us what he thinks. He's not going to. No. No. Okay. That's what I wanted to hear. Tune in, folks. At some point in this show, we will find out. I mean, I, I don't think Ray Fisher's going to get blacklisted from this. I, I think, you know, somebody's going to go out there and, and, and I mean, like it or not, uh, controversies sells, you know, controversy makes cash. He's a, he's a controversial character in some ways right now. So somebody's going to try and capitalize on that sooner or later. Ray, you brought this up. So I'm going to turn this question to you first. You had mentioned that this is still going because Ray Fisher wants it to still to keep going. Do you see any comparison to what happened in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick? And say the blacklisting, saying like continuing to be vocal, to continue to try and be a voice. Because I, I do honestly, like you and I talked about this at one point. I know I've struggled with empathy because I don't know Ray entirely Ray's experience mm-hmm. and he hasn't shared it. And so I don't know. Um, but I, I just, I wonder about it. And, and I wonder, is he continuing to keep this forward because he is passionate about this, believes it is something that needs to be paid attention to. Uh, and, it, and is this something that could go the way of, like I said, what happened to cap in, in pro football where he is, essentially blackballed the way that the way that Dave described it. So I'm going to say no. And I think okay. it's too early. It's too early to even think about that because with Kaepernick, he had no other, he had no other alternative to go anywhere at the time. There was no other football leagues viable for him to go make a living. There's hundreds of movie studios he can go work for. He just hasn't had a major movie that we know of yet. Um, so no, that's my first answer for that. Not, he's not blackballed because there's many, 
Jordan Poole will pull him up for his next movie or something. He'll get work, I think. Secondly, I think their issues are drastically different because Colin Kaepernick right. got blackballed because he he made a stance that had nothing to do with the NFL. It had nothing to do with football. He made a personal stance and chose to make a personal protest. Ray Fisher has a personal beef with the studio over how he and his coworkers were treated. So I feel like it's it's I feel like the situations are drastically different. So if, if anybody blackballs him, maybe Warner Brothers does. I can see that. But there are God, how many other major movie studios are are, are out there? So I, I I don't I see where you're coming from with the comparison, but I don't think it's quite apt yet. If we're talking two three years down the line and he's still not working, maybe we can talk about it. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, and I think that that's where we're gonna we're gonna pause this. It, it sounds like just around the room, this story isn't over. And you know we'll we'll continue to cover it if for any other if for no other reason than it is one that's it's a story that's very interesting to me to see how it plays out. Over and under, could be uh, here you go. Story. You guys think he'll show up in the MCU at some point? I think he's going to show up at Royal Rumble. <laughs> number three, intro number, number thirty, right after Jay White. Oh, it right, would be Ray? right after Jay White, right, Ray? Switchblade, baby. Hey, speaking of Jay White, just put out a column about Jay White. Take your boy out. I saw that, man. There's rumors. There's rumors going around, man. It's it's very eerily. It is eerily similar to AJ a few years ago. So he's going to show up at number three, Ray. I'm I'm calling it right now. I hope right. so, but I doubt it. I will call you screaming if it happens. Am I a bad guy that I don't really you've care? Been, you've been warned, Dave. You've been warned. <laughs> hey, Tony. Tony, they'll never see it coming, right? And your answer, Pat, is yes. You are. I mean, it's not that I don't. I, I. It's not that I don't like Jay White. He's he's fine. He's you know he's fine. <laughs> do not rise of Skywalker, Jay White. Don't do it to me. Oh, who said anything about rise of Skywalkering, Jay Jay White? I didn't say anything about wow, that. Pat just turned that into a verb, Ray. Did you hear that? Rise of Skywalkering. That's great. Yeah, let's hear it for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud of that. You've yeah, contributed yeah, twice today, Patrick. So one could say your opinion of Jay White is he's K? Yeah, K. Awesome! I came to K. All right, all right. Enough of this business. So... Set the rundown out to you all. I'm going to play the over under on myself. Uh, I'm going to put the uh, I'm going to put the over under at uh, one and a half of you actually watched the trailer in the rundown that I sent you, and I'm going to go with the under. Oh, I lose. I went with the under, and it looks like I got at least two thumbs up, which means Dave, did you watch the trailer to Foundations? Was there a trailer in there? I didn't see it. Sorry. I'll watch it right now for you You guys talk. I'll watch it right now. I actually read, I woke up at four 30 this morning and I read all the links and I watched the trailer. That's what I did. See, That's dedication right there. That's, that's a man doing his homework. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to own 
that part of the reason why I shared this trailer is because I want to talk about Isaac Asimov. So Foundations is an Apple Plus series that's coming relatively shortly. It's set in a science fiction uh, universe created by, uh, based on the works of Isaac Asimov. And we talk a lot of Star Wars, science fiction, superhero stuff. And we've never on this show talked about kind of the, one of the one of the grandfathers of science fiction, and that's that's Isaac Asimov. Uh, the man created probably his most notable work that's been seen in popular culture is I Robot, right? Um, maybe whether it's that crappy Will Smith movie, which is nothing like I. Uh, it's just it, this, this I'm going to say is the purest in me in terms of the work of Isaac Asimov versus what the movie is, is very different from what, what the literature is. And so I struck like Ray, Ray, I, I get it. Uh, but I, it's one of the few, it's one of those times where I couldn't get past the movie. Like I couldn't get past it. As uh, source material really plays weird with how it's treated on a, on a I get it. Well, you say I respect that, but I, I, I Robot is a very fun movie. No love for Bicentennial Man. The movie or the story? Well, either. I mean, I don't, I don't care for the. Again, I didn't really care for the movie too much. Um, the story's good. I, here's the thing: is the influence of Isaac Asimov and the way that it's felt. You, you don't have Star Wars without Isaac Asimov. Like you just don't kind of in the same way that you don't have Isaac Asimov. If you don't have HG Wells, like HG Wells created essentially science fiction and Asimov took that to a new level. And especially when you look around in the realms of artificial intelligence, space colonization, he was very, very topical and very, very political. And you can see that in this trailer. Like it's this fascinating, he's, his works have always been very challenging to put on the screen. And so I'm interested to see how this goes uh, on Apple TV uh, and whether this series is able to, to tell a rich narrative the way that it needs to. Uh, but just watching that trailer, I got like, you get a real sense of like almost a space operatic, like I said, sort of almost a star Wars, old school star Wars feel to the intrigue and the world that was being built in this two minute trailer. David, I see the thumbs up. Did you catch it? I did. Um, looks pretty dystopian to me. Also a big part of the Isaac Asimov works. Apparently the Ravens just did something. Ray's happy. Uh, can I ask a question? You can ask a question. You just, um, well, okay. I, I have a question to ask. Don't you uh, you My grade school teacher. One would always be like, can I go to the bathroom? He goes, I don't know. Can you? I'm like, I can fucking go right on your shoe right now if you don't let me go. I feel better, much like you do, after the extra point. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm very happy right now. My question is, do you think Apple TV is the correct medium for the show? Correct medium how? Well, what I mean is, Apple TV actually has some really good shows. Ted Lasso, Defending Jacob... The morning show is a train wreck, but it's entertaining. Like, it has some good shows. You're, but you're competing with Netflix. You can never have enough shows. The question is, Is was Apple the right place to develop this, considering the amount of money yeah. it's going to be needed and the broad scope of this? Things like 
even companies like HBO in the past haven't been able to finish series as popular as Rome. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get like a you get like a season and, and two thirds out of that because they didn't have any more fucking money and they had to figure out how to do Game of Thrones. And I bet Game of Thrones would have been longer if it was cheaper as well. So that's a great question. I don't have it, Patrick, but do you think that their studio is going to be capable to tell this story correctly? Because when I saw it and heard the description of it and everything else, it looked, looked pretty fucking good. Yeah, it looks really, really good. I I agree with the sense that my concern is subscribers, right? Like for a streaming service to survive and to continue to have a revenue, it needs subscribers. And Apple TV is at a place right now where they need to have compelling content to fund a riskier venture like Foundation. And so I don't know that it's the best platform, but I understand why Apple bought it. You know, it's why Apple tried to be the bad guy over Charlie Brown is because they're trying to get people to be like, you want this thing to get this thing. You got to get our service. And just for me personally, I talked about this last week when I talked about Ted Lasso, which I love that show. Rewatched, rewatched that season, rewatched that first season the other day after after talking about it on our year in show. It's not enough right now for me to then invest in keeping Apple TV after February when my free year plus goes up. And so I don't know that it's the right. I don't think it is because I think that we're, we're going to get a Rome situation where they, they may not have the money to keep it going after because it's a very ambitious. Like you said, Tony, it's gorgeous. It's an ambitious looking show that needs funding. What's the cheapest Apple TV device that I could purchase to get the uh, <laughs> get the subscription for a year? Because I might do. It I'm not just sure. Because I got it with my phone, so. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of things that I've been thinking about is waiting on these streaming services because at some point, at somewhere, they're going to accumulate enough things you're going to want to watch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Discovery Plus just came out with a fucking streaming service, right? right. And I'm not saying there are good things on there, but I mean. There's no overhead to put out shit shit you already have. It's just, you know, making the new shows in in your studio. Did you say you subscribed to Discovery Plus? I did. My mom is a designer by trade, so we share it. And, I mean, HGTV, Food Network, it's everything under the purview of Discovery Channel. I think if you look at the – if you go to the actual app and look at all the different channels that it has – programs from it's like 20 plus channels it has programs from but right, is it but putting on new content or is it just old content exactly so, so what'd you say is it new content is there going to be new content on that service or is it just yeah. old stuff it's going to be it's going to be specific new content that's been that's made just for that so like property brothers they're have they got a brand new show specifically for discovery plus chip and joanna games have everything they did they're stopping and they have their own network now on this on Discovery Plus called the Magnolia Network. So there are special shows on the ID network with some of like the top um, investigative journalists. Uh, some some of the Food Network people are coming off of the Food Network channel and gonna go specifically to um, online Discovery Plus. So yeah, they're making it to where it, it's almost like a Patreon for like podcasters. Where it's like, you know, if you, you got this, but if you pay this money, you got access to the exclusive such and such. Um, and 
it looks it looks interesting and it's five bucks a month. I give it a month. If it's not if I don't like it, I'm done. And I got the free trial for the first week, so but I know it'll be used between me and my mother. So yeah. So Tony, I wanna I'm gonna circle back and well I'm gonna ask this question to the group. And this is a streaming service question. Are we going to start seeing more team-ups and packages like we see with Disney Plus, ESPN, and what is it, Hulu? Do you think we're going to start seeing the formation of some streaming conglomerates as this becomes more and more the media that we all consume? Do you think Facebook is shut down by the government? No. We already have. And I think at some point you're going to have monopolies just like you did with cable. You're going to run the same course you just did. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Ray, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. We already have. HBO Max is a conglomerate of all things Warner Brothers. Uh, Peacock is a conglomerate of all things uh, NBC Universal. We, they already have that. Now, it's already like that. It's just, it's, it's just cable channels are realizing that we can make more money than we make that's direct to consumer instead of having to split that pot with the people. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think they're going to be. I, I think the the futures, if you're looking at advertising on television and with studios as a, um, a stock market thing, futures in advertising are for television are so fucking low and ridiculously crap that they're finding out that streaming is what it is now. So it's not anything like that. It's just them transitioning into the new form of media. It's just... The same thing is when I go to breakfast in the morning and I sit down and I order the same thing as the guy who's 35 years old than me, uh, 20 feet away at the other end of the diner. He's reading a newspaper and I'm looking at my phone and I'm wondering, why did you bring that newspaper with you when you could just be reading the same thing on your phone? And he's wondering, what is that kid doing on his phone? You're, you're right about the technology, but ultimately the 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 the, the the payout still not the payout, but the result is still the same. Look at HBO Max; it has everything DC, everything HBO, everything Looney Tunes. It has so many different, for lack of a better term, channels in one place. And right. so, so it's the same thing. It's turning into networks, right? You have HBO is going to be a network, Disney is going to be a network, Netflix is a network. There's ABC, NBC, and CBS. Okay. The next one up, whoever steps up is Fox. It's the same thing. It's just transitioning media mediums. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying overall, in the overall aspect, when you break it down, like it's it, it envelops itself in the same thing as history. It just is repeating itself. I'm not saying you're look, we're saying the same thing, but the question was, will there be more bundles? And I'm saying there already are. Right, but it's just gonna turn into the same thing as where Ted Turner owns this, 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 and this, and that's that, right? So what's the difference? You got one HBO place. Max, HBO Max owns Turner Classic Movies, by the way. Uh, well, well aware, sir, well aware. One of my favorite hidden gems within HBO Max. So I always love it when a good conversation about Isaac Asimov transition into the direction of our media as we know it. No, no, I loved it. I, I like the that. But I mean, it's. I think it's a very fair question, and I think that to to bring this back to Apple TV Plus, the 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 success of that service is going to be kind of what kind of what you said. 
the content being there for people. It's the known content that brings people in for the most part, because the name Apple doesn't strike anybody as, oh, they make quality television. So Apple has to show that they have the the ability to create to, to not only create content that people want to see, but then to buy up content that people know is a known commodity, which is why, again, Charlie Brown was such a big deal. They took it off the airwaves and said, we're not going to put it on TV. People lost their shit. And they eventually caved and gave it to like PBS for a day and allowed people to jump on Apple Plus, uh, Apple TV Plus to watch it. But that's why when HBO Max started, do you remember what one of the big things that HBO Max marketed as content that they had that you could see that was outside of the umbrella of HBO? Sitcom. It was friends, wasn't it? Friends. It was friends. They were like, we've got friends. We're going to have all the episodes of Friends. And boom, Disney Plus. They Outside of Disney, they were also like, we've got Simpsons. this long-running show on Fox, The Simpsons. So Apple, Plus, Apple TV Plus doesn't have that yet. What they do have is some very good, ambitious television. That's kind of to my point is like I would say 18 to 36 months from now, no one's going to have that unless it's your own because all those contracts are expiring. You can you can you've got to take off your you you can't even just take off your shoes and socks to count the number of things that have transitioned across streaming because the the network rights have gone. No, we we we're doing this now, so we'll take it back. I mean, the amount of things that were on Netflix that aren't anywhere, aren't anywhere. right. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm right there with you. Uh, Quantum Leap is one that I've joked about the last few episodes. They used to be available on streaming on Netflix. And now, oddly enough, you can watch it streaming on NBC.com, not even on Peacock. Like, like, And that's the other thing is you've got Peacock and you've got NBC.com, and they have different shows that are available on the different platforms. Because I looked on my free Peacock account, and it's not there. But, but if I go to NBC.com, it's there for free. It's weird. I don't entirely get it, but yeah, it's it's where we're going, and we'll see if Apple and we'll see if Apple TV Plus can survive. So I think that's going to put a bow on this conversation and wrap the first half of the show. When we come back, we are going to take a turn and talk about the week that was. But before we do that, before we go to our commercial, it is my duty to remind you that if you like what we're doing over here on the chairshot.com and you enjoy the chairshot radio group, media group, whatever you want, the, the chairshot, super califragilistic Disney plus group, head over to pro forward slash the chair shot and pick up a shirt and support our work. There are all kinds of great things for you to choose from, whether it's the traditional chair shot logo chairshot.com t-shirt to our some of our best shows like bandwagon nerds a winner is you which just dropped a show this past friday of their year in review by the way good stuff uh, over there from dp some of our famous you know some of our best catchphrases like hashtag journalism save tag team wrestling um everybody hates greg all of that stuff Every little bit helps keep us up and running and allows us to deliver quality content to each and every one of you. So please head over to the chair shot, or I'm sorry, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Buy a shirt, support us. Thank you very much for your support. We love giving you the content. Help us keep making it so. When we come back, we're going to talk about the week that was. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com.
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And we are back. Thank you, thank you. Welcome back, everybody. The lovely live studio audience. Studio audience. Oh, easy for me to say. I've been drinking, trying to get ready for the Bears game. And it's just, ugh, ugh. It's, it's going to be brutal. Anyway, wanted to turn the show uh, and talk about the week that was. So, fans, if, if you're one of those people that's like, I don't come here for politics. I come here to listen to nerd stuff. Time to turn off the podcast, kids, because we are we are going to talk about the week that was. And frankly, I think you should stay and listen because it's so hard to, to look at life through a singular lens. And we do like to help people escape. And we've talked about that at other times. But I've also shared with Craig that when these things have happened, I've regretted that there have been times where we've done shows and haven't talked about the elephant in the room and what's going on in the world around us. And so I don't know that we, you know, there's no real need, I think, for a recap. I think if you've been living, unless you've been living under a rock, you know what happened this week. There was an attempt to overthrow our government, in my opinion, as we know it, by people fueled by a president, fueled by Congress people, who then pull outside of the president, have sort of tried to walk away and pretend like nothing happened. And it was nothing short of horrific. I wrote about this in the nerd review that dropped on Thursday. I usually write the nerd review on Wednesday. And I'm sitting there trying to write a nerd review about Soul while I'm watching a jacked up dude with his face painted wearing a goddamn fur coat antler thing, waving a flag, acting like he's something special. You got people hiding under desks. You got Congress people, your lawmakers, hiding under desks in fear. You had five people die. We've had two cops now die. And there are so many things that I saw in that moment that, and, and that, and that day that just blew my mind as to how sad and how fucked up this country is. Pardon my language. Everything from the police letting these people in with little to no resistance, to the lack of response until at the zero hour, Mike Pence and Pelosi finally requested the National Guard to show up, who showed up like an hour after the fact and walked through 
to to what police and secure the fucking Capitol building to the absolutely abhorrent level of no repercussion to anybody that day that we're now looking for these people and arresting them when they were right there standing so confident in what they did and how bulletproof they were that they bragged about it on social media and then their dumb asses got brought into jail or are getting arrested. Some are still out there. To Congress, Republicans having the audacity to say, no, we should just move on, plow forward, act like nothing happened. And I fear for the 20th. Like I fear for the 20th because this has happened once. And the woeful unpreparedness on something people knew were going to happen. This was everywhere. And nobody did shit. It's angry. It's embarrassing. It's hurtful. And you want to know why the Black Lives Matter movement exists? It's because of shit like this. Because if this had happened at a Black Lives Matter protest, there would have been blood on the Capitol floor spilled Far more than one woman getting shot and people dying of heart attacks. It's it's a travesty. That's my thoughts on Wednesday. Um, I, I don't care who goes first. I, I've talked about this already with Platt and Blaz on Pottis War, and we were recording <clears throat> that Wednesday evening, and we just we didn't say any way around not talking about it. Right? We kind of uh, exactly. Um, quickly wished each other happy new year and, and rolled right into talking about that. And I would, I would say there's two things to me that I want to know about moving forward. One is I want to know if people realize that if the people that stormed the Capitol were black or Brown, it would have been a hellacious event to say the least. And that's ridiculous and disgusting. And Doc Rivers pointed that out and I completely second his thoughts. And two, after Trump's out of office, will he be brought up on charges for this, for inciting it? I mean, you can find a way to connect him easily with the timeline and the, you know, the thoughts spoken there. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 who knows what the, what the intent was and how deep this goes, but it was disgusting to say the least. And, I think everyone can and should agree on that. And, you know, the two questions I brought up to me are the things that I'm wondering most as as I witnessed it and, and had already talked about it and talking about it again. And it needs to be talked about because it's important and it should never, not, anything like that should ever, ever happen again. Okay. Well, um, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to think about, but I just want to start off with this thought. I'm not going to take away from any of the, we we had deaths, there were deaths. So I'm not trying to lessen that impact, but I found a good portion of what happened humorous. The reason I found that humorous was because of, of something you alluded to, Pat, and that's if this was because an unarmed black kid got shot in the middle of the street and a Black Lives Matter movement stormed the Capitol. There would be deaths in the in the dozens, and there would be hundreds of arrests that day. So the the reason I find it humorous is because this is one of the this is one of the first times, and we've been lucky enough to have it twice happen in the past calendar year, where the 
mirror was held up to America to show America, you're full of shit, and here's the proof. First was George Floyd. Nobody, nobody in their right mind could see that and say, oh, yeah, well, that, that, that made sense. And now you have this. And there was something that, man, I've, I've listened to so many eloquent and just amazingly talented people speak on this over the past week. And I, I don't remember who it was, and forgive me for not shouting them out for their amazing commentary, but uh, someone said, and it really made me think, if you think about why black people protest, black people protest because we live, we're, we're living in a country that wasn't built for us. We were never a part of the plan. We've had to work and work and work and fight and fight and fight just to become equal citizens and have the same protections according to the constitution that every other person was supposed to be given. These people stormed the Capitol and lost their shit and ran an insurrection and a coup and, and they're domestic terrorists. Don't call me anything else, but all of this happened because they didn't get the vote they wanted. That's terrifying. No, they didn't. They, they weren't, they weren't storming the Capitol because they were, you know, they, they, they were, their rights were infringed upon. They didn't storm the Capitol because something happened that uh, that attacked their livelihood. They stormed the Capitol because a dude told them that, well, you know what, this vote wasn't right, so fight for it. When every single proof has shown that the vote was legit, that is a terrifying thought that this group of people would do that. And then you hear about all of the extra stuff about how not only was this, we already knew it was planned. Clearly, they had shirts that said MAGA Civil War January 6th. Not only was it planned, but that it might be an inside job. And it just makes you terrified for the country. I am terrified for the inauguration as you are. I am terrified for the future of government anytime soon. And the worst part is everybody celebrated when Trump got kicked off of Twitter and all of the other social media networks. And damn sure should have. But the fact that it took so long to happen only has just emboldened that group, even worse than they already were emboldened, because now Trump has become a martyr to them. And that's, I don't want to take up too much time, because I want to hear from Dave. It, and with all due respect to everybody else, Dave is a lawyer. So I really enjoy hearing his thought processes about a lot of this, uh, because he's coming from a place of knowledge that none of us have. Um, but yeah, I know we'll get more into it, but just think about those things. Ray, you raised the word, uh, MAGA civil war and, and I told people in my own house and got ridiculed and, and was called paranoid and, and silly in my own household for saying, this is the beginning of the civil war, you know, because I I've been around enough, you know, the town I live in Bakersfield, you know, California is a blue state. Bakersfield's a red as red can get town. So I've seen firsthand how a lot of these, how a lot of people feel about Trump. And, 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 you know, at this point, guys, I'm not even sure this is about Trump anymore. This feels more like it's about something that they, Trump is almost like almost a patsy in some respects as to just the agenda that a lot of people want to push. And Trump is a convenient focal point for them to say, yes, the president of the United States believes the same thing that we believe. Therefore, we are empowered to run forward with this thing. And 
you know, I, I just, I was nervous about the six. I was, you know, I know a lot of people were going to come there. There was a lot of talk about people coming armed with weapons and they did, they did. And they showed up with weaponry. They showed up with bombs. They showed up with guns. They showed up with equipment to, to storm the Capitol. Now, you know, and, and it is disturbing to say the very least that a, they just weren't prepared for it or B, they were prepared for it, but were told not to use force to repel this attack for some reason. And everything you guys have said is true. I mean, yeah, had it been a, a bunch of back black people storming there in the in the name of Black Lives Matter, it would have been bloodshed all over the place. It would have been a massacre. And you know, the fact that the fact that people were able to breach the capital of the United States relatively that easily to get in there to do that um, is beyond disturbing. You know, and, and it's and it's and like I showed my wife the video of the gal who got shot and killed. And she's like, I'm sorry she died, but that was just dumb. I was like, it's doubly dumb because she's military personnel. And you're climbing through a broken window to get at, you know, House of Representatives, senators, that sort of thing. Yeah, you're going to get shot. So I'm sorry you're dead, but you kind of brought that on yourself. So what can you say? Now, the other stuff, I mean, you know, I, I've, I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on with talk about impeachment and Alan Dershowitz, I heard him come out and say, I'll defend Trump on this impeachment charge again because it's free speech. And I'm like, uh, Alan, it's clearly been a long time since you did constitutional law, but there's an exception to freedom of speech called fighting words. That's unprotected speech. And what Trump did may qualify as fighting words, which basically I'm reading it right here. Uh, words which produce a clear and present danger are unprotected and are considered fighting words. There you go. I would. At this point, if I was a lawyer, and I'm sure Dave was maybe just about to say this as well, I would look at the judge and say, do you not think yelling fire in a crowded movie theater is less dangerous than the exact speech that was given? Because I do. Right. And that's illegal. And, and Dershowitz is going to spin this thing and he's going to say, well, he never said to go storm the Capitol and, 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 and armed revolt or anything. Dude, he the context of what he said clearly incited these guys to do that and and that's what happened and it's you know it's it's tragic i i do think that you know this is this is and you read the stuff online that they're talking about for the inauguration a lot of these real right-wing groups talking about there's not an army or a police force that can stand up to us on the 20th which almost raises the ante now where if you're whoever is in charge on the 20th because I don't think Biden becomes commander in chief until he's actually inaugurated, which means it's either Trump or if he gets knocked out, who is it? Pence, I guess, takes over. And you've almost take over. and you've almost got to say at this point, the police can't do this. We've got to call in the military. And if the military is there and these guys show up in force, you're looking at a massacre of, of untold proportions on American right. soil. And that's what I'm nervous this, this about. This sort of shit we used to point, like that people would, white people would comfortably point at South America and talk about. So someone needs to take the reins here, regardless of who it is, and needs to bring in that presence and force days beforehand yeah. and go, okay, right. oh, you know what? Now it's not so sad because you're basically committing suicide if you walk up right now. No, and you're like, Step up to me, bro. We yeah. got it under control. You're, this is happening. You're done. And if that means going behind 
uh, protocol right now, then go behind fucking protocol right now. If for nothing less than to save the people's lives who don't know what the fuck they're doing. No, you're 100% correct. You are 100% correct. They need a military presence to say, if you try this shit, this is what you're facing. You are not facing the Capitol Police anymore. You're facing the United States Army or the Marines or the Air Force or whatever the fuck it is. But to have that deterrent factor to say, do not try it. It's like Anakin and Obi-Wan. I've got the high ground. Don't fucking try it and because you're going to get massacred. They, these, and you know, the people who did this on the six need to have that deterrent factor or they're going to try it again. They are emboldened. They feel empowered because it was a cakewalk for much of that. Now they need to be faced with, here's the reality, assholes. You are not going to perform a coup or a civil war or a revolt in the nation's capital on inauguration day. And if you try it, here's what you're facing and if you want to come in in there and do it, great. But you're going to die, and, and that's what they need to know. Clarence. Do you do you really think that these people give a shit if they die or not? Yes. No, I I, don't. I, I do. I I don't think that they are that batshit crazy, Ray. They they think they are bulletproof until they aren't, and that's what I really think. You, See, you're right. I'm sorry, but. I, the willingness of so many folks to fucking double down on this guy and to double down on the shit. Like I can't, Dave, you talked about it early in sort of of your statement about how it's not really as much about Trump anymore. This is about power. And this is about like, like when I see what a lot of these ardent supporters are pushing for, it's, this perception that they have of a loss of power within this country and a fear of what's going to happen when their quote unquote guy isn't in charge. And that's what systemic racism has been about in this country for centuries is about the perpetuation of power. We we ended slavery, right, after the Civil War, but then we just created, after a brief sort of honeymoon period in Reconstruction, systems then were created in place within the South to continue to keep people marginalized and oppressed because there's this there's just been this need for what is, frankly, a minority, like it's a minority-majority country, White people are not the majority in this country. They're not. It's just not true. But the systems that are in place benefit them. And any challenge to that, and that's what Trump ran on, that's what Ted Cruz campaigns upon, that's what this Hawley guy campaigned upon, is this perceived loss of something to a group of people that they don't think deserve it. And these people are willing to do anything to keep. That's why this stop the steal shit started or, or was was allowed to happen I, I and wanna, was fascinating to me. I want to read because, you guys something when you're done, Pat. Sure. And that was what was truly fascinating to me with the with the election stuff is that laws that were passed in these deeply conservative states, because you look at these states that were contested, Arizona, Georgia, Georgia. Nevada. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's purplish. 
get outside the cities, just like Georgia. Georgia's blue in the cities. Arizona, I got no clue what happened there. These were conservative states that passed laws to impact the election that then people of color worked with to win the election in their states. Like, they did it. You know, Georgia, I think that, you know, black women turned the tide in Georgia. Stacey Abrams, um, you know, at the front of that line. Mm -hmm. They watched those rules get made and then figured out a way to follow those fucking rules and win. And then when they did it, Republicans chloride foul. And you had, to the extent that you had three major senators try to overturn an election in Congress, and you had 100-plus members of the House of Representatives try to contest an election. That's fucked. So here's what I want to read you guys, just so, so people listening out there know how serious this bullshit is coming up on Inauguration Day. This is from the internet. This is one of these posts. I'm not going to say where it came from, but... <clears throat> This is this is the shit that's going on. Spread the word, fellow patriots. On January 19th, we will go back to D.C. We must defend the Constitution. Make sure you come armed. We have the Second Amendment to protect us from a tyrannical government. Well, guess what? They're acting tyrannical. We need to just let these sick fucking Democrat politicians hang from the streetlights so the others fall in line and know what they can and can't get away with. This is the shit that's going on out there, guys. You know, and and that's why I agree with Tony. You need to have an enormously strong military presence. Like, yes, you have the Second Amendment to protect you, but there is no constitutional amendment that protects you from getting your ass shot. You're you're right, and you're look everything you said is spot on. But but that thought process is exactly why I asked the question and I broached it again. Do you really think these people aren't willing to die for their cause? Now, I think this is important to note for this conversation. Of the four of us, I am the only one that currently and has lived in the South. Okay? Right. And I speak to people on a regular basis. One of my very best friends, dear to my heart, is uh, he is the, the, he's the guy with 40 guns in his house. You know? He's the guy with the gun under his bed, the gun in the car. Like, he is, that is his, that is his life. Now... He is moderately liberal, which I don't think matters in this conversation, but just to let you know, he's not one of those guys that I'm still on the case. He's not one of those people. But he has spoken to me numerous times, years before all of this, about militias and about being a constitutionalist and about, I don't trust the government, I trust the Constitution. A lot of these people, especially these Southerners who have nothing else to live for, believe in this shit so seriously and are so emboldened because they have been allowed to be emboldened and because, quite frankly, I don't know if you guys are gun owners or not, and I don't even want you to answer that question, but if you've ever held a gun, you feel invincible. Facts are facts. They don't really give a shit if they're fighting Mayberry Police Department, the D.C. Police Department, or the goddamn Mayberry. United States Marines. Did you they just make care. a Mayberry Police Department reference, Ray? That he is did. wow. I, Listeners, I, long know. before you were born, there was the white <laughs> bread of white bread comedies called the Andy Griffith Show, and Andy <laughs> lived in Mayberry. Here, here's my thing, Ray. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to my original thought. I absolutely think that there are people that are willing to to go down with this ship all the mm -hmm. way down, and you don't have to go to the deep south to find it. I grew yeah. up in a rural. 
I grew up in rural Illinois. And rural Illinois, as I try to get all my R's in so I don't catch hell over February. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Double birds are cool. I th- like those. I grew up with those kids. Uh, I grew up with a lot of those folks. And I, it's fascinating to watch the social media purge I've had to go through just based on people who are like, I'm going to go be a patriot because they think that what they're doing is patriotic. They, they think this is a cause that's worth dying for. And I, and I do, I deeply fear for what I think could be a seriously heavy day in our history as a country. And yeah, I just, I, I see, I've seen it. I see it in Western Massachusetts where I live. Like, that's the thing is you've got Boston and you've got a couple of university areas where I live, but you get outside of that. Like I got a friend that's a bartender. Their, their son's in the Navy and they're a Trumper and they believe everything was stolen and they believe that, you know, there's a domestic threat and it's in the government and it's the democratic party. That's horrifying. I mean, to, to answer race and Ray, I lived in Virginia, so that kind of counts for the South. Maybe not as South as you, but it's got to count for something, right? When it comes to, when it comes to guns, it counts for the South brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I fired a 357 Magnum into a tree a few times. So uh, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Some people probably are willing to die for this. I, I, I agree with you. There are some people who, you know, think that it's going to be like Call of Duty, you know, that sort of thing. And they think I played this video game a hundred times. You don't respawn in real life. That's the problem. And, and, you know, once they're really faced with something, then, you know, they may think twice about it. But sure, are there people who are willing to die for this cause? Like you're saying, like Pat's saying, absolutely. They believe so strongly that this was stolen. That this is a, a, a it's it's in their in their view an insurrection in its own right that sort of thing. So are they willing to die? Yeah, I I just I think I am with you guys. I'm very concerned for inauguration day. Uh, you know, if there was a way to do it like behind closed doors, I'd almost say do it. You know, just to kind of diffuse the situation. But Biden's not going to do that. He's not going to run from this thing. The country's not going to run from this thing. You know, the battle lines are being drawn even more so. I mean, people weren't expecting what happened on the 6th to happen, even if all of us were kind of like, hey, you guys should have seen this coming. The 19th is going to be different. There's people who are expecting shit to go down. And and that's really scary as to where things are going to end up on that day and, and the ramifications long term and beyond. Um, yeah, it frightening's a, an understatement. Can we talk about the fact that they got to Speaker of the House Pelosi's office within 10 minutes? And whoever been to the Capitol, do you know how hard it is to find those offices? Or uh, there were three bombs, I believe it was three, maybe it was four bombs found in the area. Or the fact that they're stealing iPads and laptops from some of these congressmen's, like, it. so the biggest fear, I, I don't think we can go any further. I don't think we can we can bear the lead that the biggest fear, of course, is that this turns into a massacre, the likes of Boston all those years ago. Right. However, go further than that. You, you're speaking of a coup. A coup is only going to work with the inside job. There's clearly inside job here. Clearly, because there's yeah. no way they could have gotten to these places without knowing some inside information. Well, and you, so, just watch, you just watch the security and the way they act. Like in some of those videos, like yes. people just walking by people, 
folks. So even after Trump is gone, even after the Senate flips, which is going to flip thanks to Georgia now, even after all that's done and we can go in months and months and months, Senate terms are six years. These guys aren't going away. So it's like, well, what are you we doing you here? Georgia, we got to do Georgia again in two years. Because right, Ossoff's yep. only for two years. So it's not even six years. It's two years. It's, it's, more, and, than, it's more than that, though. I mean, this, this is a, a systemic problem, Pat. I mean, it's, it's not two years. Oh, it's yeah, not six years. When, when Trump did this thing on Thursday, where he came as close as he came to conceding, his own supporters turned on him and kind of threw him under the bus. So right. that tells me this isn't about him anymore. This is about their agenda. And and and, and Mark, that's not going to go away on the nineteenth or two years thing, from now or the anything. The only comparison, the only comparison I've been able to make, in terms of like a world history as a history minor, of a country that had to look at itself deep in its soul before it, it legitimately made any change, was is Germany, and, Nazi Germany yeah. and after Nazi Germany, and you know I think it, it's fascinating when you look at the, one of the most horrific things the. One of the most horrific things to happen in the history of the world, the Holocaust, that's taught as a requirement in Germany. We can't even get textbooks to call slaves slaves. There's there's fucking textbooks that talk about Africans as workers being migrated over to help on the plant, like work on the farm. Like they just wanted to do some farming. So they came. It was vacation for us. It was vacation, bro. We saw the yacht and we were like, hey, I want to see the new world. So you guys I, were Bob I, Evans I, down on the farm, baby. I, I I hate to be doom and gloom on this, and I do want to move on to some other topics uh, in regards to this because I, I agree with you, Ray. I think that if you watch any of the footage and you just watch the way that these people were able to breach, the way that they were able to walk carte blanche through the Capitol building and do what they did with little to no resistance until after they'd gotten in there, there there's there's more going on here. When you you look at what th- this country, it's not just one or two mirror mirrors or events looking into their souls, like our souls. Like this is, I, I, and it tears me up to say this. I don't think we've seen the worst yet. And that's horrifying me. I don't think like one of the things that passed through my head was that um, I was worried about Joe Biden's life. I don't think Joe Biden will, will be killed. Because they don't want Kamala Harris to be the president of the United States. Not no, I, I, they don't give a fuck. They, they don't give a fuck. They'll kill her too. Probably. I think they would kill her first, to be honest. So that's a cheerful thought. I want to get into a couple of other things. Um, social media and its role in this whole hot mess. Kids, I'm going to turn this over to the lawyer to talk to you about why it's perfectly okay for a private entity to take away somebody's right to use it lawyer please explain because it's a private entity that's why you have you have no you have no right of just play it now you know yeah you have no right to shit on somebody else's platform you know i i mean the first now we know and knowing is half the battle Thank you. Go ahead. Was that good enough? I, I that's that's the short and skinny and dirty answer is that it's a private platform. Twitter can do what they want. 
you're on their platform you're you, you you are at their you have their permission to do this stuff you have no right to free speech on a private platform that's for like the public forum and that sort of thing that's where first amendment comes in but if you're on somebody else's service it's like the same way YouTube used to was starting to like censor all sorts of things that were coming out. You're on their platform. They can dictate their terms of service as long as it's not illegal. And and you know saying, well, you know, he they're stifling his right to speech. Well, you know, they're considering what he's doing to violate their terms of service and their own practices and their own policies. Yeah, they are well within their rights to say get the fuck out. And that's what they said. Can we go a little deeper though? Can we go a little deeper though if you don't mind? Well, that was yeah, real, that was real surface stuff, Ray. Well, no, what, what I mean is that this ridiculous thought process, people don't really understand, I don't believe, and it's a, it's a shame because most of these people are politicians, but don't seem to understand freedom of speech and what that really means. Freedom of speech doesn't mean you can say whatever the fuck whenever you want, and it's all good. If that was the case, then there wouldn't be a liable law. It just doesn't make any sense. You, freedom of speech does not protect me from punching you in the fucking face when you say some stupid shit. You, freedom of speech does not does not mean freedom of consequence. And I think that's just as, if not more important to note, than terms of service of a private entity. Because before you get to the private entity, you get to the part where you can't just say whatever you want and get away with it at any at any time. You have freedom of speech was built correct me if I'm wrong, history major and lawyer. The entire purpose of it was so that you, so that if somebody said some shit about the, the president, they wouldn't get jailed. Am I wrong? Basically, basically, yes. That you don't get locked. That you don't get locked up for voicing an opinion. It is about yeah. It is about your right to speak or give a a viewpoint without so, fear of government repercussion. So you can't go up to the officer and say, officer, you're an asshole. But you can go up to the officer and say, officer, I think you're an asshole. You probably get away with both. You might get your ass kicked for the first or either one, actually. <laughs> right. you know. Well, the, and that's the thing is the officer responding to an insult by beating the shit out of you doesn't mean that your free speech rights got violated. If, particularly if he didn't arrest you for it. If he just beat you up. Like... Now he could get arrested for assault, sure. but but like you you absolutely have the right to call someone an asshole, and they absolutely may punch you in the face. Your free speech wasn't stifled, and, and that's the other thing is people are acting like the president of the United States doesn't have outlets where he can talk. Right, Republicans right Republicans right now are acting as if they don't have an outlet where they can talk as they give interviews on Fox News, complaining about their inability to to have their voices heard. The largest news corporation in the United States, by the way. Fox News is listened to by more people. The liberal media is a lie. Like this idea that there is a liberal bias in media is a load of shit. When you look at the top media outlet in the country owned by Rupert Murdoch, no, it's 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 objectively true that the most viewed and pumped out news outlet is Fox News. Well, take it a step further. Trump was the first president in history who decided to use social media as his primary platform for getting right. his message out. Very successfully. Yeah, he was very, very successful, successful at it. So if you're saying, well, we don't have a place to get our... Wait a second. There's almost 200 years of people getting their message out through various mediums other than social media. You guys are fine. 
Right. The but the and and the press the press room is like what like um ten minutes from his office. Right. You can talk whenever you want. Now and here's the thing: the president of the United States could call a press conference. Not every news media outlet would needs to show up. They could choose not to. CNN could choose not to go. They probably will because they see it as their duty to, you know, film and report and give a thought. But we've seen this where a news a news outlet may choose not to air a speech or may disregard like Trump's infamous we love you go home. One of the most inciting things I've ever read in my life. I understand you're hurt and angry that this election was stolen from you, that you were wronged, but we don't want anybody to get hurt. Go home. That's the best you can fucking do while the house is on fire. And you wonder why you lost all of your outlets. And let's talk about how sad it was that it took this to get it to where he was stopped from being able to share the way that he did. That's the saddest part about all this is that, yeah, is that not, it wasn't when, you know, there were good people on both sides. <laughs> it wasn't all of the thousands of, literally thousands of late night tweet rants he had calling out people. It wasn't in making fun of, uh, making fun of disabled people or banning Muslims or any of the other stuff he's done. It was, Essentially, 14 days before he's out of the office, yeah, you know what? That might have been a bit too far. Like, again, if you just embold, you, he has become a martyr now. He has essentially died, quote, metaphorically, for his cause. Right. History will remember him for what just happened and pretty much nothing else. And that's, that's basically what I'm going to tell you right now. You can take that right. to the bank. You're right, but history is 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years away until we get to the fucking year. I'm talking 200, 250 years from now. You're right. You're you, you dead-ass right. The question is, can, <laughs> um, is, is that going to be, are we going to have talked about World War Three and Civil War Two in that same book? You know what really is going to happen in history? Is going to go, here's this guy who had this reality TV show and America was stupid enough to elect him president and this is what the fuck happened at the end of it and it served everybody right. So I got one other thing I, I gotta say about this whole this whole deal. Uh, I got one last bullet point on on this, but I also wanted to say that just about what has happened. If you are a friend of mine who is a, a white liberal and you're spending time, particularly my white liberal Congress folk, stop trying to appease these people. Stop trying to do what you can to alienate these people. When somebody is wrong, you don't have to coddle their feelings. And this is one of the reasons why this exists. Because of white liberal folks like myself and our refusal to truly jump in and do what's right here and to truly jump in and 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 to take a stand against anything and here's the thing joe biden is one of those people elizabeth warren love you you're one of those people and until white folks who recognize 
the wrong and do something about it, and this is myself included, not to walk away and say this is just going to be the way that it is, that you can't change whatever because it just is what it is, that there's always going to be people like that. We're the biggest hindrance to progress. We need Marcellus Wallace to just come out and just say it's time to get medieval on some people. That's what we kind of need right now. And what, what's the what's the the scripture, the furious vengeance scripture? And I will rain upon thee. Yeah, I will. Sh- with furious Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Vengeance and furious anger. Those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers, and they will know my name is the Lord when I strike my vengeance upon thee. Look at the Reverend Patrick O'Dowd. Well done. And you know, Last Samuel Jack- Jackson said. said that without one motherfucker in that whole that whole speech. I, you know, that's that's the thing. Still- can, I, can I be honest with you guys though? After all this conversation, I could really use a Royale with cheese, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I'm 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 gonna lobby for five guys actually for dinner tonight. Give me a there give me go. a double. Give me a bacon cheeseburger with some Cajun fries. Shit, that'll oh, cost oh, you what oh, fifty bucks, oh, right? Oh, oh, oh. It's worth every dollar. You have oh, no, no idea. More anyways, so you can afford to spend it on like a takeout. Night. Right. <laughs> I got I got me some of that stimulus money, baby. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, all right. So the last thing I wanted to say is it seems like the Ravens may have sealed it. Uh, <laughs> it's clear to me as I listen to the number of folks on social media and in the news uh, on the right side of the aisle, and that's being generous, How many people have no idea what George Orwell was writing about? We're not experiencing an Orwellian level of government here, people. And if you think that we're living 1984 on Animal Farm, you've never lived, you've never read 1984 or Animal Farm, period. We just walked away from a totalitarian. Like, that's what we're trying to walk away from, is a totalitarian. That's 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 it. I don't know. I, I see Ray nodding vigorously with the thumbs up. Dave, I'm assuming you're on board with that, too. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> our thoughts aren't being controlled. No, I mean, a deep discussion about Orwell at, the, at this stage of the of the podcast is like, I, I don't have the heart for it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. We're only an hour and 36 minutes in. We're way ahead of schedule, man. We still that's like true. by. By bandwagon nerd standard, we got, you know, 24 minutes. I just, like, just want to watch Ray start drinking heavily in celebration of the Ravens' impending victory. Well, uh, it's going to be a while he doesn't drink. Oh, that's right. Fuck that. I'm pulling up tonight. Fuck that. <laughs> it's oh, a, you, this is a year in the making, oh, I, huh, Ray? I, yeah. I, you might as well enjoy it. You're going to lose next week. So, But good week this week. Oh, you, friendship, right? Three man week Remember, tomorrow. Bust your balls. I, look, I'm down. I am here for it. Um, I'm gl- I'm glad though. Yes, all that happened. I'm glad we were able to get this out and speak on this a bit. Um, it's really important to me as a black man to hear those non-blacks, non-people, non-people of color, white people speak on these things because you said it yourself. We can't fix the problem we didn't break. So it's good to hear, and I'm not putting any onus on you guys or any person in particular. One person can't fix this, 10 people can't fix this, 100 people can't fix this. But to just hear people 
give a shit enough about it and about what's right. It it brings me joy, just about just as much joy as seeing the Ravens stomp on that damn Titans logo after a fucking interception. Let's go. Okay, so there you have it, folks. Way to tie it in there, Ray. The, the Baltimore Ravens, as you all well know, listening to this on Monday, have sealed the deal against the Titans and will move on, which means that Patrick O'Dowd probably scored the worst out of the entire chair shot uh, team in his NFL predictions. Because, sorry, Ray, I picked against your Ravens. I know. I picked, I picked your Ravens. I picked your Ravens. I thought it was going to be one of those where the Ravens do that thing where they just forget how to play football. No more, sir. We've moved past that step. I just want to say the Titans have three timeouts left. Way to shit on the parade there at PC. Well, Uh, they just just decided to throw the ball on first down, and that's incomplete. So, I don't know. I mean, do you want to stay with this, and maybe people can relive Raid, like, (laughs) devastation? (laughs) No. Like, like, I love you, Ray, but, like, I would sacrifice your fandom for this happening, like, on the air if we recorded it. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He's ready to go. He's hanging up. He's done. He's going to leave. No, don't leave. Don't leave. We're almost done. We're almost done. Yeah, don't watch it by yourself. Okay. okay so that's gonna put a bow on this thank you guys for for uh just getting serious here for another thank you guys for for having what i would argue was was a very intelligent nuanced conversation about the week that was and i i'm gonna go back to what i said when, when we opened this 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 shit's important and and it's not something that we should be trying to make go away because we live in this we live in this world we live in this country and it's it's not going to go away and you burying your head in the sand isn't isn't going to make it make it something that's easy to forget so pull your head out of the sand or in our case get out of the basement and i say this all the time get out of the basement pay attention to the world that's going on around you because our country is changing and you know i've seen a lot of jokes about I don't want to live through another historical event. Guess what? You're going to live through a whole hell of a lot more right now. And you need to be ready for it. And you need to be an ally if 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 you are if you're like-minded. Like like I hope a lot of you are. Because we got work to do and, and it's all of us. So Anyway, that's just about going to do it here for this week's edition for Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, we, of course, end every show with Patrick O'Dowd as a question. And actually don't have a question this week. Um, but what I, I did want to do is I wanted to call attention. We talked about Chair Shot Radio. And what I would like to do really quick is just do a quick thank you um, to one Greg DeMarco, who during his first Chair Shot Radio recording was very complimentary of the show, uh, very complimentary about the work uh, that we've all done to make this uh, a unique part of the Chair Shot Radio network, uh, a part of the chairshot.com. And so, Greg, I'm going to kiss up to you a little bit and say thank you. Uh, and, and just, you know, I, I hope that, that we can keep putting out quality content for all of you to listen to. I hope we can continue to, to keep you going. And next week um, we're jumping back on the train of show reviews as WandaVision's first two episodes will drop on Friday. And that'll be my question. How excited are we 
for WandaVision to debut on Disney+. Plus. Tony's excited. Feel those nipples. The fact that we uh, went to Tony's nipples to describe this is is all you really need to know about the excitement level. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm you know, I I think we all watched the Legends thing, which was like, you know, like Patrick described it as like a WWE pay-per-view recap, which it was. But at the same time, it's like it was cool to go down and, and see, you know, Scarlet Witches and Visions kind of story you know, it, as it, as it progressed through the MCU and that sort of thing and get you ready for WandaVision. I'm, I'm all cool with it. I, I'm ready to see. Let's begin phase four. Finally, phase four finally begins next Friday. Let me just shit on WWE a little bit being the resident WWE guy. Uh, it, it's okay because I haven't seen a lot of this stuff in months or years, whereas WWE's recaps I've seen like literally hours ago. So, there we go. Ray. True. Take that, Vin. That's true. Ray, you want to flex on the Ravens real quick or give your thoughts on Sorry. WandaVision before I let you go? Yes, WandaVision. Super excited. Um, I'm excited just for content, first and foremost. Um, I wish that I was seeing Black Widow, but what can you do? That's May. However, if you have seen each trailer they've put out, whenever they put it out, each trailer gets better and better and better. And you're starting to kind of get an idea of what this might be. And I said this on another show. This is the most ambitious pla- uh, program or platform they've ever done. And so I'm really excited to see how they make all this shit tie in. And Wanda about to lose her shit, y'all. So see it live yes. on the yes. Disney Plus Network for only $9.99. Scarlet Witch Unstable? No. Come on, Ray. That's a standby for years and years. All right, fellas, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Quick once around the table. Tell everybody where they can find you on all platforms. Let's start this week with the Reverend Ray Cash. You can find me at Baltimore Ravens. What's up, Tennessee? (laughs) We'll see you. We'll see you, Kansas City, next week. Let's go. What's up, baby? Not if, not if Cleveland wins, you won't see him in Kansas Cleveland City next week. Like I said, we'll see you, Kansas City, next week. What's <laughs> up? It's Ray Cash, R A Y, Mysterio, C S H S. You know, you get the deal. You got it. Uh, <laughs> All right, Mr. Tunney. Uh, yeah, at PC Tunney, you can find me. You can find me on Chair Shot Radio on Mondays and Fridays. You can find me at Three Man Weave on Tuesdays. You can find me on Pot is War on Thursdays. You can find me on DWI Podcast. On Saturdays, you can find me right here on Bandwagon Nerds on Mondays. I am your endless entertainment experience. I am the eternal entity all up in your earballs. It's been your pleasure once again, gentlemen. And Mr. Sorry, Omar. that was still hey, I didn't mean it. I'm getting used to it. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can find me hanging out with uh, <laughs> Taylor Heineke. Hanging out with uh, Taylor Heineke. Having a Heineke. Ooh, having a Heineke. Yeah, I hope you would say that. Uh, right. But if you really want to uh, check me out, you really can follow me on Twitter at Attitude AGG and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can hear me every Sunday with Mr. David Elgar on the Chair Shot Radio. You can catch me Mondays here on Bandwagon Nerds and Wednesdays with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. Be sure to also give our read of a nerd review. Sounds like this week we're going to do Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Last week we covered Soul. So very excited to do that. And... 
yeah, I think I've covered all the platforms. I've covered where you can see us. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. And like I said before, be an ally. This isn't over. Be an ally. Be there for others. Because we got a long way to go. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network and part of the ChairShot.com. does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What country you from? What? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? What? English, motherfucker! Do you speak it? Yes. Then you know what I'm saying. Yes. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again. Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. He's black. Go on. He's bald. Does he look like a bitch? What? Does he look like a bitch? No! Then why you try to fuck him like a bitch, Brett? I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Brett. You tried to fuck him. And Marcellus Wallace don't like to be fucked by anybody except Mrs. Wallace. You read the Bible, Greg? Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.